They'd never seen the Majestic this full. A quarter of the town must have been there. The movie house seating was long gone. A half acre of folding chairs, stools, armchairs, and anything else that could be sat on filled the floor, with just crooked pathways branching between them. The tattered screen was still hanging in place, and the low dais in front of it was where Sheriff Smalls now stood waiting for the uproar to die down so he could speak. Everyone was roaring at once. It was a motley mob Smalls faced, maybe six hundred souls. The majority were second- and third-generation mountain-born, and these ranged from sheep ranchers in boots and canvas coats to machinists and lumber millers in denim and leather, to bikers in leathers with rabid wolves painted on them. Mixed in were the town's white-collar folk in neat flannel shirts and pressed jeans. Then there were the relative newcomers to Sunrise, mostly ex-extras like Curtis. Most of these, unlike Curtis, had been zoo, and hadn't stopped looking it. Though interspersed with the natives, they were easy to spot, because down in the zoo, flair is an issue. They had neck tats that put Curtis's little necklace of blood drops to shame. Barbed wire, Ouroboruses, battling squids and dragons wrapped their throats and branched down along their spines. Hair was anything, or half-scalp tats, or nothing. Earrings were big, and sometimes big, usually of fierce ugly things devouring their own tails. Nose rings, lip rings clung to faces like crescent moons of gold or platinum. Denim vests tattered from wear bore on their backs demons in gorgeous brocade. Knives hung sheathed behind shoulders, and on some knuckles chromium impactors were implanted. In all this hubbub, Smalls, bulky and half-bald, just stood on the dais facing the crowd, his big face slack and shoulders slumped. He made Curtis think of a chained bear, duty-bound to hear, humor, and help if he could this mad mob. He caught Curtis's eye, and shouted something twice before Curtis understood and went and closed the old theater's doors. Small's mouth worked for a while, completely inaudible. Then he shouted. Then he really shouted, and everyone decided to shut up and listen. People! Everyone's been calmed. I want as many as possible to hear it together and get some kind of consensus so that everyone else gets the full picture straight. Now for shit's sake, don't interrupt me, please. Let me lay the whole thing out, because it's the whole thing needs talking through. Because we're looking at a serious disaster. New shouts, questions. But just as quick... More voices shushed them. Smalls took a deep breath. Yesterday morning, six strangers came into town while I was down county on business. They showed up in pairs in different parts of town, but they were all eggs from the same basket. They all wore Upwoods clothes, brand new, synthetic down vests, big new hiking boots, etc. Four of them had face hair, with so barbered it looked just as store-bought as their rigs. They went everywhere, in all the bars, all the shops, even the public library. They asked all kind of sly and under the table where they could find a man named Elmer Rasmussen. Like it was a mystery. That woke some laughter. Any time after 3 p.m., old Elmer would be down in one of the town's three bars. Not a sot, just a reliable drinker once sundown hove anywhere in sight. Somber Elmer sitting now right below the dais, ignored the laughter.
The result, said Smalls, was that everybody they asked said they didn't know any such fella. Then at least twenty of those people went right up to Elmer's afterward and told him that some strange goons were in town looking for him. Around 11 a.m., Hap Bolger came up half-drunk from Shasta, said sure he knew Elmer, and told them where his house was. So the six of those city boys came up on Elmer's house and stood fanned out in front of it. Their jackets were open, and they all had industrial-grade firearms and shoulder rigs showing, but they weren't showing any ID. Elmer stepped out on the porch. He had on a jacket, but... I guess 10 a.m. was kind of early by his standards, was wearing just his boxers. A female voice crowed out.